Today's episode is a continuation of an episode that we had last week called Structured Rambling. Um, This episode, we're going to dive deeper into the abortion issue. We're going to talk about gun control laws. We're going to talk about so many different things. Um, So sit back and enjoy. And there might be some things that we reference in this episode that you might be confused about if you haven't listened to part one. So I would encourage you to listen to part one. Um, But definitely thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you enjoy this episode. But another criticism that people have when it comes to this issue, when I'm talking to people that are, that they, they're like, okay, you know, you're pro-life, okay, well, what about this? Um, people that are pro-life, you know, most of them are kind of conservative, and they're like, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't adding up to me because I thought true conservatism is that you want unlimited government. However, now you want the government involvement on this issue. So... Um, why is why is it that you want limited government in some things, but not limited government when it comes to the issue of abortion or, um, or pro-life and all these different particular things? What's your response to that event, to that critique? For me, when it comes to the issue of abortion, uh, I think first the question that all pro-lifers and all people who are pro-choice have to answer is: is is an unborn child a human being while they're in the womb? Are they a human being, yes or no? Once that question's answered, kind of determines which side of the aisle you go. And I say that because a government's government's first responsibility to all of its people is the protection of the people, the protection of the people from foreign or domestic threats. Okay, that's the first number one goal of government. So if that's the first number one goal of government, and if I believe that an unborn child is a human being and it's legal to terminate that human being, um, you know, up to 24 weeks unless it's under special circumstances, in which case you can go later than that, then, yeah, the government should step in because basically it's like there are millions of or, I mean, nowadays it's probably, I think the number's around like 600,000, but that's still super high. Basically, there's a lot of innocent people that have literally done nothing wrong that are being killed every day, all year. You, you know what I mean? So that's why on this issue, I would look for uh, government intervention. And answering the question whether or not an unborn child is a human being, um, because what a lot of people will say is that, you know, at a certain point, it's just a massive tissue, you know, it, it, that's all it is. So it, for me, a lot of that changed when I had my daughter, when we had our daughter. Um, we found out that we were pregnant at six weeks, and the day, I think it was like the day after, or no, it was a couple of days after, when we found out we were pregnant, we scheduled a doctor's appointment, went in, and I heard my daughter's heartbeat for the first time. You know, so at six weeks, my daughter had a heartbeat. And my wife, uh, she downloaded an app that would tell us week by week what my daughter was doing. So at six weeks, she had a heartbeat. Uh, her arms and legs were coming in. Her brain was forming. Her lungs were forming. A lot of the vital organs were forming. 
by 12 weeks, she looked like a human. She, uh, a lot more things were forming. Her inner ear was forming, so she was getting to the point where she was able to hear. And legally in our country, um, typically you can just walk in and get an abortion uh, once the fetus, you know, until the fetus is viable, which means um, once they can live outside of the womb, you know, up until that point you can pretty much just get an abortion, and then after that point, it needs to be under um, special circumstances. So 24 weeks, you're six months pregnant. At 24 weeks, my daughter could hear my voice. She could hear my wife's voice. She could hear my wife's heartbeat. If we played music, she could hear it. And our voices at 24 weeks could calm my daughter down. My daughter could tell if she was sitting upside down. She could tell if she was sitting right side up. And there are so many different things cognitively that were going on with my daughter at 24 weeks. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, even weeks before that, there were plenty of things going on that let me know that, yeah, she's a human being. But definitely, like, at 24 weeks, yeah, that's a person, you know. And so for me, the thought of being able to, to walk into a clinic and have that person who knows your voice, who knows you by your heartbeat, being able to have that taken away so almost so flippantly, you know, it, it just, it, it still, it, it blows my mind today. And, you know, I, I really do feel like this is something that, we've swept under the rug for too long. And I think the biggest wake-up call for me was hearing, you know, uh, Virginia officials and, and other people just casually talking about, hey, you know, I think people should be able to abort up until birth. And I'm like, dude, if you're telling me that at 24 weeks my daughter knew my voice, what on earth did she know right before she was born? Like, how, how can you say that it's okay to, to take that life? You, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. You know, so your okay, so your response because that's a, that. Let me just let me just step out of um, podcast mode for a second and just say that that you know that that was a a, a pretty good response when it comes to um, an answer of like why should government intervene in this case? And you said, well, I believe that they should intervene because of the fund. You know, that question is okay. You know, when is you know when is this a human life? Okay, is this human life. And then you went and you went through and you talked about, okay, this is how many weeks someone can be in the, you know, outside, live outside the room and all that. And I have so many different directions I kind of want to go with that because I want you to keep that thought when it comes to I want government intervention to step in. I want you to keep that thought because I'm going to jump back into that topic in just a second. But you alluded to it when you discussed different states and different things of that nature. Um, when it comes to um, these states that they believe, hey, okay, we, we you know, up to, um, you know, all the way up to, you know, birth, if something were to happen, yada, 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 if you don't think the child's going to live, all these different parameters, um, that, that it would be up to the doctor and the parents at that point if uh, to terminate the life of that child, right? Um, now, um, the reason why I'm mentioning and bringing that up is this happened or all these things happened underneath a Republican president, okay? And um, and I'm going to be, let's just be transparent and honest here. If these things had happened during 
and um, Barack Obama's administration. Right now, while all these people are, are stepping out, it would be a talking point that says, hey, um, you know, if, if you have Obama or someone like Obama, you know, running, then this is going to happen throughout the nation, all right, throughout the country. Um, and so why does it seem as if Donald Trump, or, or, or let me let's put it this way, is it the fact that we put too much on the president, whether good or bad, for certain things? Or um, why is it that um, we don't see, we don't have that same rhetoric that is being happening, saying, or we're not blaming Donald Trump for these particular um, states um, having, you know, that difference of opinion, I guess, which we could say in the nation when it comes to those abortion laws. What do you say to that? Yeah, I, I think that, um, well, first off, I just want to say this, because, I mean, we're, <laughs> I feel like if all of this were happening under Barack Obama, then... I don't know, maybe the U.S. would start looking like, uh, you know, Lubbock, Texas, and we'd start burning scooters and cars in the middle of the street. I have no idea. Like, in all honesty, you know, people would lose their minds, um, which is super unfair, because if, if this happened under Barack Obama, if New York decided to pass their abortion law under Barack Obama, Obama doesn't have anything to do with that. That's a state law. That's what, you know, that's what New York does because the states have the right to make their own laws. Like there have been a couple of states coming out saying, oh, you know what, can't do an abortion here. I'm pretty sure you can't get one in Texas. But that's a state law. That's not a national precedent. Um, really, and same with Donald Trump. You know, it, it's not Donald Trump's fault that, you know, New York decided to pass this abortion law. Like the only the only way I can see it being on a national level is, you know, if the Senate and the House of Representatives draft a bill to, um, you know, have abortions be legal up till birth, it comes across Trump's desk. And if he says, I'm not signing it, then, okay, cool, that's great. But if he says that he's signing it, that's the only way that he could really affect um, national law, as it were, on the issue. So, you know, basically, I, if people ask, like, well, all this happened under Trump, I'm like, well, that really doesn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered if it happened under Obama either. But obviously, because of how people are, I know people would have ran with it and been like, oh, Obama's terrible because New York's, you know, got this abortion law, even though he had nothing to do with it. So it's pretty, right. it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty hypocritical, honestly, you know, if we're going to be honest, it is. You know, because if we're going to be honest, this is kind of what, this is how we are, right? We, I think yeah, that we and, put too much blame on the president, whether good or bad, over something that a state may do. We do. And, you know, I think about it because even before Obama, we've had times in our country, you know, in the last um, 10, 15 years, where the president was Republican, the House of Representatives was all Republican, and the Senate was all Republican. So really, if there were a chance to draft some sort of bill to, you know, either repeal Roe versus Wade and make abortion illegal na na nationwide, or uh, to limit it, it would have been then, and we we didn't do that. So I mean, you know, you, you can't blame the president for literally everything. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And I think, and, and not only blame, but also sometimes we put a little bit too much praise, right? Too oh, yeah. On, yeah. On, we, yeah. on some side of things as well. You know, especially when it comes Absolutely. to, 
And I want to say this, and I don't know, man, I can't, I'm, I'm going to, we might have to, somebody's going to have to Google it, you know, while they're listening to the podcast. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to Google it here. But I, I kind of distinctly remember, and I might be making this completely up, and I might be mischaracterizing Donald Trump, and if I am, I'm sorry. But I distinct, I, for some reason, I remember when he was on the campaign trail, when he, when him and, um, and like, I think he even said that when they were debating him and Hillary, that when someone had asked him about a question about abortion, he had said that um, he wanted to leave it to the state. And I don't know, don't get me wrong, I might be wrong with that, but I remember, for some reason, I remember him saying, he didn't have like a really that strong of a stance. He was like, oh, well, we'll leave that to the state and have the state figure that out or something of that nature. Um, and the yeah, reason I, why I even, do you remember something like that or am I, am I crazy? I, that sounds really familiar. Um, I feel like I've heard a couple of different things on that just over time, you know, how um, positions change or shift because it's like, I remember that, and then I remember, you know, the whole like, uh, I'll appoint, I'll, I'll appoint Supreme Court justices, and we'll repeal Roe v. Wade. And then there's like the, oh, we'll, we'll just leave it to the states. I'm, per- I, I'm pretty sure you're right. And I might be wrong. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because you can't have it both ways. You can't sit back and say, I want to leave it to the states, and then when the states do their thing, we're going to condemn the states. Because I feel like you can't have it both. With, like, listen, do we care about state rights or do we not? That's definitely a fair statement, and that's—I mean—that's that's just a fair thing to follow. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you can't say, "Well, we'll." I mean, and if it's something that he's condemning, like that's his personal opinion. I mean, you got to know that as president, people are going to take your personal opinion and they're going to run with it like it's you know like it's gospel, gospel, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, like you can't, you can't be two faced. And unfortunately that's just politics. Cause I mean, ugh, like we, we can go on about that all day or have a separate podcast on it all day. But I mean, legit look at anybody, any politician, and you'll find them on one issue. They're on one side of the fence. And then literally two weeks later, if, you know, they, they switch to the other side of the fence. And I feel like it just depends on what opinion is more popular at the time for a lot of people, you know? Oh, my soul. Yeah, so a lot of times people don't have their own opinion. It's uh, whatever opinion that the people want me to have, whatever opinion that yeah, the party I mean, wants me to have. Yeah, because politicians are concerned with getting reelected. So it's like, oh, it looks like a majority of people are leaning this way. Well, I'll lean that way as well kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's a huge thing, and and I want to kind of and I want to keep it here a little bit. Is you were mentioning that okay that there are things that the government needs to step in for, right? Um, and right. And if we're going to think about this, I talked to me and um and uh, Jaquel were talking about something similarly because of um, there's another Christian rapper. Sorry, his name is Propaganda. He actually has his own podcast as well, and he's one of those people that I feel like is really common sense, like he, he has more of like a, a biblical kind of common sense view of different things. Um, and um, the reason why I bring him up is he was on a, on a, he was on a podcast though uh, called the Bad Christian Podcast, and he was talking about um, basically how um, he, he doesn't, he said there's some things he loves about 
people that are libertarians, but also things he doesn't like some of their um, beliefs, because he says that he believes, you know, you know, libertarians are like, well, you know, we should do basically um, do what the market and do what the people says, like have that kind of a mindset and limited government and all that stuff. And he said that um, that has never worked out well for black people. And he was just talking about like in the history of America, like the government had to literally step in and do this do the thing that the people at the time weren't ready or committed to do. Like the government had to step in and say slavery was wrong. The government had to step in and stop segregation. Like the government had to step in and say that, you know, some of the, the racial practices that, that were going on in the you know, with the people you know, were wrong or you know, wasn't a real thing. And so, um, and so Jaquel, we were listening to, and Jaquel listened to the podcast, she came to me, she goes, well, it, it shouldn't that, you know, that could be the same could be said about, you know, the abortion topic, is, you know, there's certain people that should, that are like, hey, we should allow the people to make that decision for, you know, for their space or for this or for that. Um, but is this one of those things to where the government has to step in and say, you know, this is the rule of the land, so to speak? Um, because you know, I, people doesn't have the mindset for it at the time. Does that make kind of sense? You know, when you look oh, at yeah. all the things, yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. And once again, I'll, I'll go back to the the reason I think that the government should step in on this is simply because the government's first primary responsibility as a government is the protection of its people. And right now, you have a class of people who are super-duper-duper unprotected, like their lives are legit just unprotected. Um, and something something else, um, there was one quote out of the movie, and I'll, I'll use it right now because it doesn't really give anything away, but in the movie, they pointed, they alluded to slavery, to segregation, and the Holocaust, and all these other terrible events. And what they said really struck a chord with me. They said these events wouldn't be possible without the dehumanization of people. Because if you think about it, how 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 did people? Why were people okay with slavery? Because slaves weren't looked at as people; they were seen as property. You know, or how how can people be okay with segregation? Well, because they're not seen as equal. You dehumanize them. The Holocaust, oh, Jewish people are just the worst. When you dehumanize someone, you can do anything to them. And, you know, yeah, it is important for the government to step in uh, in the case of human rights because, dude, I mean, if it's, if it's the life of a person, the government is supposed to protect that person. You know, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand on that. All right, guys, I really want you guys to be prepared for when the next segment of this podcast episode is going to be about. So what I did was I tried this episode to get some of the talking points and some of the critiques that people that are pro-choice, um, what they have, you know, um, against people that are pro-life. And so I tried to, you know, present some of their arguments or some of the things that they had to say. And um, what I um, did is I prepared DJ ahead of time and said, hey, these are the things I want to talk about on the podcast. 
And um, could you please just, you know, talk about it, you know, and um, and I love that I did that because he was very prepared for this episode. He knocked a lot of these questions out the park. And so um, what I asked him uh, in this case was one of the critiques that people have that are uh, pro-choice is they say, hey, you guys, you know, sit back and say that you guys are pro-life and all this. Well, you um, care about a human life, you know, in the womb, but why don't you care about a human life when they're outside of the womb? And uh, why don't you care about things like gun control? Like, why don't you want to, um, don't you care about the lives that are lost um, due to uh, gun violence and things of that nature? So um, as I begin to, you know, talk to DJ and try and ask him um, that particular question, um, he wonderfully um, explained his position and so many positions of people, you know, um, around, you know, really the world uh, that are uh, pro-life and everything. So I think, you know, um, you will be really proud of his answer um, to that particular question. Yeah, for this, I'm I got a lot to say. This is all my personal opinion, so sit back and grab your popcorn, people. Um, as far uh, here's where I differentiate between the the gun laws that people are talking about and then abortion. Um, it's already illegal to kill someone. Okay, so if someone takes a gun, goes out and shoots someone, that's illegal. That's a crime. They're going to jail. You know, all that good jazz. Um, if but abortion is complete. It's legal. So that's a life that is completely and utterly unprotected. There aren't laws in place to protect that life like there are to protect people, um, you know, in the event of uh, a shooting. And I, uh, another thing that I want to say, I don't want to minimize um, shootings. I don't want to minimize mass shootings, okay, because it's a big deal and it's a problem that it's – a, it's a pretty new problem that we're facing in our country. Well, actually, it's it's not that new, but it's something that we're hearing about more often in our country. Um, and these people target innocent people in crowded places. It's awful. Um, but going back to gun laws, the reason that I push so hard against it is because, uh, for one, I would ask when someone asks they when someone asks for common sense gun laws, what exactly do you mean? You know, like, what, what, what are common sense gun laws? That's my first question. So if you are a convicted felon, you're not allowed to possess a firearm. Um, if you are a domestic violence abuser, you're not allowed to possess a firearm. If you have serious mental illness, you're not allowed to walk in and possess a firearm. Anytime you buy a firearm at a legal place, um, you got to do an FBI background check. So a lot of times people will go in, buy a gun, but they can't get their gun until like maybe three days later or whatever the case is because they're doing a background check on that person. Um, so those, like, those systems are already in place. And then like another question that people have is like with regard to mental illness, there are certain mental illnesses that obviously, you know, they're not, as serious as others as in like you know if you if you have you know a, a serious serious case of schizophrenia to the fact that you're you know having delusions and you're hearing voices that tell you that you need to go out and kill people um you, yeah you shouldn't have a gun but at the same time people uh who might suffer from you know mild depression that's a mental illness, but that's a mental illness that is easily treatable and definitely manageable. How would you feel if the government told you, like, okay, well, 
you can own a gun because so, you have so miles basically of- you're saying no. that it's a it's a slippery slope when it comes to saying something about mental health. It's a slippery slope because it, how far are we gonna go with it, right? Because you right so like, that's kind of that, where you're kind of leave going with that, right? Yeah, like that's that's the biggest question. See, I I think that people would be more open if there were better lines drawn in the sand when it comes to common sense gun laws. Because like I said, if you're a felon, you can't own a firearm. So that's already there. If you're involved in domestic violence, you can't own a firearm. So that's already there. You you know what I mean? So in other violent things, you know, um, there that uh, prevent people from owning a firearm. Um, The problem comes in where people go out and get firearms illegally because it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I can't check that. You, you know what I mean? Um, so that that's kind of where I'm like, I don't, that's where I'm like, okay, well, what other common sense things are we, are we trying to, to get at? Because these systems are already here. And then, you know, I mean, I can get into a little more detail uh, as far as like machine guns, like automatic firing rifles and stuff like that. Um, those are already illegal. You're not allowed to possess those unless, I mean, you have to, let me tell you this. If you want to get like an automatic weapon, you have to jump through so many hoops and basically you have to be loaded because they cost a ton of money and you can't get anything newer than something that was built in like the seventies. So, and you have to go through all these special tax things to get it and whatnot. So most people that possess those legally just have them for show, pretty much. It's usually like your rich guy or your avid gun collector that just likes guns. That's you know he's just like, dude, look, I got a World War II, you know, Thompson, and it's legit. But it, I mean, you know, not just your average Joe can go in and I'm a cop. I can't even go in and get one. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay, so, so basically your pushback on the idea of common sense gun laws is like, okay, what exactly extra do you want to do? Because you, pretty uh, in much, your the, mind, we have already have, we pretty much already have common sense gun laws in your opinion. Yeah, like pretty much. That's kind of where I come from at it. I'm like, dude, we, we already, it's already really, really restricted. I'm not even pushing that they lift a bunch of restrictions on it. You know, I think where we're at is fine, but I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, that's my question is just where else are we going to go? Um, and I know that uh, people are really afraid of the AR-15 um, because that's been used a lot. Um, but something that I found very interesting was that before Las Vegas, the worst mass shooting that we have ever had in this country was Virginia Tech. 52 people were killed, and dude had two handguns. So Las Vegas, I think, lost, and if I'm wrong, correct me on this, but somewhere close to 57 or 60 people. Okay, so basically between the two... So if you you guys are listening, you guys can Google it, because I don't don't feel like Googling right now. Okay, so keep going. But, yeah, but basically I'm I'm like, between the two, you know... The Las Vegas shooter had modified his rifle so that it pretty much shot automatic fire, and you mean to tell me that he only killed five to, you know, seven or eight more people than the guy at Virginia Tech 
who was going through the campus to you know with two handguns so that that tells me personally i don't think it's the gun that is necessarily the problem in the situation if that makes sense um and you know what i mean um but like another reason that i have a lot of pushback um is just because of history and especially uh, being a black person in America, if you look at the history that we have with guns throughout America, I mean, for the longest time, we weren't allowed to have them. Um, and I think a lot of people laugh whenever someone says, well, I want my guns because we're supposed to defend against, you know, totalitarian government. And, you know, people just laugh like, well, what are you going to do, you know, if the government comes knocking at your door, you know? Um, but as black people in America, when we were freed under the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, we weren't allotted the same rights as everybody else, obviously. And one of those rights was the right to bear arms. And in fact, not only were we not allowed to have guns, we weren't allowed to have anything to defend ourselves. In some states, black people weren't allowed to own dogs unless they got special permits from the state to own that dog, um, because people were afraid that, oh, black people will sick their dogs on white people. Black people weren't allowed to own sticks, clubs, knives, pretty much any weapon. And the result of that was mass victimization of a race. And then once we attained the right to possess firearms, there, that victimization went down uh, from the level that it was at. I mean, there are stories of black women who, were, who stood outside of voting centers to protect black men as they went in to vote, to protect them against the Ku Klux Klan, you know? Um, so I, I, I really do see gun ownership as a huge defense for myself. That, that's how I see it. And history shows us that the minute a group of people are disarmed from black people to Jewish people in Germany to any dictatorship, Okay, the second that people are disarmed, the next thing that follows is mass victimization. Um, so that's kind of why I think it's important to... Well, it is I think a as much as I, I, I understand the point, because I've heard that a lot, especially when people say, when we go back in history, um, one thing I wanted to say is that the government right now, um, let's just say this, the technology is so good right now that it is just, I mean, they could kill me right now. Just right now as I'm sitting right here recording through the, they can just kill me. Like, it just ain't, there's nothing, and I get this sentiment. I think that, I think I agree with the sentiment, but I just don't think that in reality, the fact that, because the thing is, I'm, I'm for gun, I am, I'm for gun laws. I think I would be. Um, I just, I'm just very nervous because, one, there's a part of me that's like there's certain types of guns I don't know if, if the common people should have. Like there's some certain things that saying maybe we shouldn't have. But then on the other side of things, the other side of me goes, okay, um, there's more people that die when it comes to, you know, statistically, you know, in, in car accidents or because of X, Y, and Z than with even all these mass shootings. But then on the other side of things, it's like, um, but then, for example, this year, there's going to be another mass shooting somewhere. Some, some school is going to get, um, someone's going to shoot up a school. 
Okay, it's just gonna happen this year. There's gonna be someone that's going. There's going to be a mass shooting because it happens every single year. Every year it happens. Um, and I wondered to myself was like, whenever, um, whenever um, a mass shooting happens, the right always says that the best solution is to do nothing. Always. And oh, you know, or or the solution is you. Let's just arm the teachers, man. Have all the teachers. Just you know, I, like my mom's a teacher. I, I don't want her. I want her worrying about lesson plans. I don't want her worrying about yeah. I need to, for her defending her classroom. I just don't want her thinking about that. Um, but I just don't know. But then at the same time, you know, I know. Um, you know, I don't. I don't like looking at people as statistics. But statistically, less people are dying from mass shootings than. Uh, you know, you know, going getting in car accidents in, in America. Um, but yeah, that's right. just the only thing I get sad about is the fact that um, the best solution that the right can give me is really to do nothing. And I just don't yeah. know if that's really a good answer. Yeah, and you know, man, I I think that uh, really we have to have a fine line between statistics and then being a human being because statistics yes. are great and statistics don't lie unless of course you skew them but they don't lie so that's good but at the same time it's like we're human beings there are some elements that statistics can't account for so definitely I think doing yeah you're right I mean we we've been really too busy arguing about the whole gun deal to actually sit down and come up with a comprehensive thing that will actually solve the whole mass shooting situation um, or at least you know prepare for it um, I know that police departments have definitely prepared more for it, and we've been preparing more for it now since it's a more normal occurrence. Um, but, you know, I, even though statistically speaking, yeah, less people die from mass shootings and all this other stuff, um, I understand that it's still a very it's still tough and I mean it's still an emotional draw and it should be I mean if you if you're not affected by that then you're a pretty heartless person um, but what I think especially yeah. like okay about like arming teachers and stuff like that yeah teachers should worry about teaching um, but something that I think is interesting is that like um, one of the I think it was one of the fathers from uh, one of the Parkland victims um, he said that Basically, he was mad because 9-11 happened one time, and we fixed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like every year we have more and more mass shootings, okay, and no one seems to be doing anything about it. Yeah. The, the problem is a lot of the people who have uh, done these mass shootings, or at least some of them, I'd, I'd have to look through each one honestly so that I could give you accurately, like, you know, did they have the gun legally or not? But getting a gun illegally is doable and it's like I know what a lot of people are worried about is okay well if you if my guns are taken away then there are going to be people out there still who are going to get guns and it's going to be horrible um, but something else that I just realized because it's human nature is that let's say all the guns were taken out of America right now so like they were just destroyed nobody had a gun would mass acts of violence stop or would they continue? And I mean, they sure would definitely continue. Yeah, yeah they would definitely would continue. continue. I mean, it it just, just wouldn't be as many. 
but it was definitely filthy. Would it, you know, or or would it not? Because, I mean, we would just find other ways to do our bidding. I mean, some of the worst attacks in the world or in our history, think about it, they weren't done with guns. 9-11, nobody used a gun. They used a plane and plastic box cutters to get the plane. Um, the Boston situation, they used homemade bombs, you know. And then over in Europe, you know, yeah, they don't have a lot of mass shootings, but they have a lot of mass stabbings all of the time. So like how we're over here in the U.S. saying, ah, oh, stop gun violence, they're legit over there saying, hey, we need to stop knife violence. So, I mean, it's just it's a cycle yeah. that yeah. continues to go. And one thing I say is, um, you know, just look at prison. Because inside a prison, people make some of the most amazing things. It just happens that they're all weapons. Because legit, you're in a cell, you have nothing, and you make a deadly weapon. How do you do – I'm like, how do you guys – like, are you guys, like, Albert Einstein in here? Like, what are you <laughs> – like, how can you construct these things? You know what I mean? So yeah. guess what a, lot of, what a lot of gun owners think, and I'll, I'll just speak for them if I'm wrong, then somebody can say it. But uh, I feel like what a lot of them think is that violence isn't going to stop, and I just want to be – in the best position possible to defend myself and my family. Because, I mean, like, for me, you know, I enjoy, I have plenty of guns. Um, and if they were all taken away tomorrow, I wouldn't be too happy about that because that's my primary way to protect my family in the event that someone breaks into our house. Or if I'm out and someone starts shooting, it's, you know, I like to be armed. Um, but I think the difference is I have a lot of training, and even if you're not a cop, you can still train a lot personally in that area. Uh, so if you carry, I think you should, but you know, that's another conversation. I don't think, okay, because I think one thing, though, is I think that most people with a brain, okay, and I shouldn't say it like that. God, God forbid, thing like that. But yeah, I think everybody has a brain. Yeah, everyone has a brain. All right, but most people... Um, even people on the Democrats, when they talk about common sense gun laws, they're not talking about taking all these guns away. So I don't want right. to mischaracterize their position. Um, however, let's say, uh, let's just say that there's one particular weapon or one particular uh, gun that they outlaw, right? Just they to say, uh, no more X, Y, and Z, right? Yep. That would would that really okay? How about I won't say no more. Let's say they don't ban it, but let's say they do this where they say um, we will no longer sell this in America anymore. Okay. Um, and let's say they say do that. You can keep it if you have the M16s or whatever. If you have them, you can keep them. But we're no longer going to sell them anymore. Okay. Let's just say they decided to do that. Let's just say that one thing. Throw it up. Would that, if they if they decided to do that, let's say America decided to do that, would that have any effect on you going forward at all? Uh, you know, like me personally, I mean it would because they probably outlaw something that I want to buy, and I'd be very upset about that. But outside of it, from that angle, I feel like eventually it would, and here's why: uh, the hot. The gun that everyone's afraid of right now is an AR-15, okay? And um, basically, it looks like 
uh, it's the civilian version of a military gun that is the M4 or whatever. I'm not going to get all techno- technological in terms, but basically people are scared of how it looks. How it operates, it operates the same way as any handgun, as in I pull the trigger once, I get one bullet. So let's say they outlaw those. No more AR-15s. We're not going to sell them, you know, or you're not allowed to have it, whatever the case is. But you can have anything else. You can buy anything else. That's fine. Well, then people are still going to go, and they're still going to do mass shootings, but now they're just going to use handguns, okay? And we're still going to have the same result. Like I said, Virginia Tech, we're shooting in America up until Las Vegas. Dude had handguns, and he still managed to kill about just as many people, say five or seven, uh, than the Las Vegas guy, you know? So then what would happen from there is we'd be in the same problem. Okay, well, now we're having all these mass shootings with these handguns. All right, well, you know, now we're not going to make guns like this anymore. Okay, now you you can use shotguns. That's fine. Well, the kids in Columbine used shotguns, and they went through and killed a bunch of kids. And it's like, okay, we're going to have the same. Basically, it's just a revolving door kind of thing. You know, taking a gun out of play doesn't necessarily change the situation that you're in. You know, we're still going to be in that same cycle. The only person that is kind of losing out, if any, is me, because now it's like, I can't have this gun, I can't have that gun, I got to give that up, I got to give this up. Okay, so after we finished talking about uh, gun control and uh, his response to that, I asked him one final uh, question when it comes to um, abortion. And I asked him pretty much what his um, response is to someone that might be pro-choice. Who may sit back and say, hey, um, I'm, I wouldn't have an abortion in my own life, um, but what someone else does in, you know, in, the, in their family is, is between them. And uh, he has um, a pretty interesting response to that. So uh, sit back and listen to that. And then uh, we uh, ended this episode on a light note between the both of us uh, talking about something that I found uh, that I thought was pretty humorous. Uh, But I hope you guys end up enjoying it. I was talking to my wife about this too. Um, Basically, uh, I feel like because we have dehumanized unborn children we're more okay with the idea like okay well if someone gets an abortion that's terrible i might not do it i don't it's not something for me but if somebody else chooses that then okay because i mean like if we ask that question with literally anything else you know like hey so i don't you know i'm not into murder but you know that person over there is so that's their choice their thing or like oh man like i don't agree with stealing but that's what they do you know or i mean because really if you think about it any crime that we have is a hard issue all right i mean like sexual that's assault true. is horrible that's true. you know that's true. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and sexually assault someone you're awful and there's a lot of things wrong with you um and obviously like these are all things that we want to change like we would love to get in and change these people's hearts but you're still gonna make like but if you do make the wrong choice because there are people out there that will make the wrong choice, that's going to directly affect 
the life of someone else. That's why, you know, murder is illegal. That's why, you know, sexual assault is illegal. Because, I mean, dude, you're directly affecting the life of somebody else. Um, and I look at abortion in the same scope. Uh, by So basically where I'm coming from is, as a society, I think if we are to change, I mean, one, changing hearts, but two, you have to humanize what has been dehumanized in order to bring any attention to it in that aspect or to, to put it on that level. Because really, if you humanize it, it's the same. You, you know what I mean? One thing I want to talk about before we leave, and I will we'll just make this the last topic of today. All right, it's something crazy here, but um, over the weekend, you know, um, not really over the weekend, but you know, for over the weekend for me, I have you know there was a song, okay, that has been shaking the charts, okay, by a guy named Will Nas X, and he had a song called Old Town Road, and I'm not seeing, mm. I mean, I haven't seen a song go viral like this in a while, okay. And I was just like, and I, I, I have to admit, it was it was kind of catchy. And then Billy Ray Cyrus was on it. And I was like, whoa, what in the world is going on with this? Have you heard the new song, Old Town Road? Have you heard that song? Uh, have I heard that song? <laughs> and let me tell you. I Okay, my wife loves country music. I am not a huge fan of country music. I love that song. That song is catchy as all get out. You can't not like that song. I, I don't know. You can't. I just I heard it and I'm like, country trap, here we come. Man, I'm telling you, I'm gonna take my listen, I, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I don't even like country, okay? However yeah. <laughs> um, when that song came on, I was like, Yeah, you're right, I'm gonna take my horse too. That's right. Let me, I know where I can find the cowboy hat now. Let me get it. I'm, I'm just saying, all right? And I ain't going to lie. I like that song. But I have to, because I'm the type of person, I got to, you know, I'm, I like to think things out here with it. Apparently, you know, um, a couple, maybe a week ago, I heard that it was going to be number one on billboards on the country charts. Um, but then they removed it and said that it didn't have enough country elements to be a country song. So they took it off, right? And then I heard, um, and then um, after they had taken it off and everything, um, he put, he, he gets Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus on there, and now it's a country song. And so now <laughs> he has, a, now he has a number one country song, and they put this song in the rap category. So his original song now is now on the hip-hop rap category, but then the, the featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, the remix, is on the country station. He actually ended up having two number one songs on di different charts, right? One on the country yeah. and also one on, on there. And it, I find that so hilarious over that fact. I was like, oh, like, one, one is okay, it's not country enough. Well, let me get Billy Ray Cyrus. You cannot say it's not country now, okay? <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. And to me, I'm just like, there are so many different genres and, like, sub-genres of music. Because, I mean, like, for instance, there's not one type of hip-hop. There's not one type of rap. There's not one type of rock. So, yeah, yeah to say that that was a country song, I'm like, yeah, this is just 
breaking, you know, into a different type of country. Yeah. And here's the thing, okay, here's the thing about country. There was a guy, man, I should have been more prepared. There was a guy who <laughs> had a thread, and I, I'm so bad about this, that had a whole thread about, like, country music and how they don't, the executives, the people that are big on there, they don't really want to expand their audience. They just don't really care or want to cater to, um, they, they have their audience and they just want to kind of keep it that way. They don't want to kind of branch it out too much. And so what's interesting is that they're like, okay, we're going to remove it because it doesn't have enough country elements to keep it out for it. And Sky had a whole thread about how, like, um, basically people who were country, who uh, black people who d decided to do country music, okay, did all of this stuff and, and went through all of it. And um, but the country execs were like, no, it's still not country enough. Like we don't like it, we don't we don't love it. Yeah, and they they put in like the pop category. They did something else. And this is actually something that's happened a lot. That country music sometimes doesn't want to embrace certain things. But what's crazy though now is now that they've done this and it became like a big national story, now more and more people want to do remixes on this song. And so now you have, and now they may not have wanted this this actor they didn't, to be in country music, but now because more and more people want to do remixes of this song, now country music is going to explode because now there's going to be more and more people that are going to be okay with, you know, doing this country music thing, you know, on it. And what's so crazy is now that this song went viral, I'm seeing all these people that are like, oh, well, I've been a closeted like country music fan. I just black people just wouldn't like, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yeah. you so you like country music the whole time, but now that it's successful, I just want to, you know, I liked it. So now, without meaning to, because of their at first like not wanting to allow this kid to, to come in, unfortunately, what they've done is they've allowed more people to actually dive into it, where they're like, hey, well now we want to listen to country music now because of this guy. You're gonna have a whole audience of people that or that may at one time may not have ever listened to country. It's gonna actually start giving country a chance. Yeah, and I mean like he, because it's an original song, right? Yeah, yes it is. Because, yeah, I mean like it, uh, dude. So super good for an original song. I mean it's just legit. Um, and I mean he's not the first person in hip hop to try and cro like to do a crossover. Oh no, no, no. Nelly, yeah. Nelly did well, that. Yeah, Nelly did it. Ludacris has done it. Um, yeah. I don't, I can't think of anybody else who's done it. But this one just like really took off. So yeah, I can see if country music decides to open up this little subgenre over here of country music, then yeah, you're you're gonna get a lot more listeners, honestly, because it's yeah. legit. Because apparently they did the same with um, a Beyonce song. Beyonce is actually from Texas, so she's pretty country. But she oh, had probably. a country. She had a country song. I think she's from Houston, if I remember. Beyonce's from Houston. But um, and yeah, people Google that. Um, but uh, country. When I'm thinking about country, she actually had a country song on her last album. I think it was called Daddy's Lessons or something. Like it had like a guitar. Like it literally was country. Um, but the country executives were like, it's not country enough, and they didn't want it. But it literally, like, it was just a guitar and her singing. Like, it was, it's super country, to be honest. Dude, um, I have to look but, it up. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, yeah, because um, people didn't like the, 
Well, the people, the, the higher-ups, didn't want it to be included into, like, the country music award or something. So, but, but even though they didn't like it, um, Beyonce, I think it was Beyonce, or someone, they, anyway, they ended up still performing the song. Someone, a country music star, ended up performing the song at the country music awards anyway. But I still find it crazy that it's like, no, no, not country enough. No, 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 we don't want this a part of our award show, okay? Um, but what's so crazy is, like, hip-hop in general isn't really ever like that. Like, hip-hop really embraces everybody. Like, you can, I can, I can name the white rappers. Like, I can name them. Like, there's so many, and hip-hop is so embracing. They've never been like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to give you. I mean, Macklemore literally won Best Hip-Hop Album, and it wasn't even a hip-hop rap album, if we want to be honest. But I don't want to go into that. But I'm just saying, in general, I just find it so interesting to me um, about just uh, country music. I think that country music needs to just be get with the times and just get allow more listeners to come in, you know, and, and um, I think yeah. it will be better for them. I feel like it will uh, in time. It's just pretty slow in doing that because, uh, in my opinion, hip-hop hip hop is very embracing now. And, I mean, like, it didn't take that long for it to become that way because, I mean, you, you hear about people like Eminem having, like, a tut, like a rough start. Like, no one would give him a start because, like, oh, dude, he's a white rapper. Nah, we ain't listening to that. And then Dr. Dre was like, I'll hear you out. And then he turned out to be a great success. So, I mean, to me, that kind of paved the way for other white rappers that you have today. And really, besides Eminem, I can't think of any other white rappers that are like, oh, oh man, I, I paved the way. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. To me, I just feel like hip-hop made that turn really fast, and country music's probably just still getting there. Yeah, yeah they still very much. I mean, even if you think, look at it, even R&B. R&B is pretty diverse. I mean, you have a lot of... Oh, white yeah. artists even in the R&B genre. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, I just feel like we need to be country just slow. They need to get with the times and 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 and, uh, and, and allow the their audience to grow. Um, and what's so crazy is like Billy Billy Ray Cyrus has been so great on Twitter. Like if you follow him on Twitter when like this happened over the weekend, um, he was just it was very nice to see his response to everything and how much he he cared about um, making this, you know, big. Because he was just like, man, this isn't right that they said that it wasn't country enough. Like, what's not country about this song? And so yeah. he was just really good about um, about sharing it, posting it, um, telling people how great um, the song was. And he was promoting the song. Like, like I, I was like, man, he's really promoting the song. Um, and, but, yeah, it was really good, man. I was really impressed by him and how embracing he was. Um, uh, and uh, and it was a viral hit, man. That thing went everywhere. And speaking, if, if we're going to make this full circle, um, I saw a video of someone who had uh, um, burned a, a vehicle, burned a car in Lubbock because they were celebrating. And while they're on top of the car, they're um, singing Old Town Road, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know oh, if you saw that video, man. and you probably need to see the video so you can catch these guys. But I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, man. 
But I mean, it was such a it's such a good song, man. And I'm singing it so much because like, can you stop singing that song? Can you please just stop singing it? Like you sing it all. I'm singing it all the time. Like I'm waking up to this song. I'm just I like the song. Okay, I'm sorry. It's catchy, okay? man. Yeah. Really I'm just saying it's really catchy, and you might see me just listening to country music now. Okay, I don't know. It's possible. You, um, so look, you, you never know. Look, when when y'all come over here, we're at least gonna listen to that song. Okay, it's gonna be <laughs> we're gonna listen to a bunch of Lecrae, some Andy Mineo, and then old country folks gonna or old town. Yeah, that song's gonna come on. Okay. That, that's the absolute truth, okay? And I and that's going to happen, and I can't wait for that, all right? So, um, but I wanted to end on that first kind of talking about, um, just really kind of talking about that for a little bit. But let me ask you, before you go, um, is there anything, okay? I know we talk about a lot, okay? But um, I think I, I, we gave the audience enough to chew on. I'm pretty sure I'm going to break this episode up into, like, two different episodes, though, because we have a lot of content here. But let me ask you, is there um, anything else you want to kind of leave the people with before we go? Uh, you know, bottom line, most important thing for us to do as Christians is to love people and to show them the love of Christ. So there's just anything I can leave you with, no matter what side of the aisle you lean on certain issues, show people the love of Christ. And don't be afraid to let God dictate your path. Don't be afraid if uh, if you feel like your worldview, being a biblical one, isn't the most popular. Don't be afraid to have it because at the end of the day, what God says matters. And if you're following him, that, that's all that's going to matter. So. That is and so true, man. I, don't don't burn cars. Don't cars over <laughs> in celebration for anything because it doesn't end well. Okay, or at least if you're gonna do it, don't put it on Facebook and Snapchat because you you could very well be identified and caught through that. So, hey, that is very true. <laughs> well, man, I'm so happy to have you on, man. I really am. I I very much enjoy having you um, on the podcast and just talking about uh, different things, man. Um, the you know in, in we're going to have another conversation when we see each other next week that we're going to be like, I'm going to be like, you know what? That's really good. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, listen, guys, I want you to just be prepared. DJ will be back on again. Okay? Just be ready for it. All right? Um, but <laughs> I definitely want to thank you guys for listening. If you listen to the podcast, you're like, man, that guy is weird. You're absolutely correct. If you listen to the podcast and you're like, man, that guy is really a pastor's kid talking about God and all those verses. You're absolutely correct as well. This is the Weird Paths to podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. Um, I know this episode, we touched on some really controversial um, subjects, um, but I do hope that... Um, you know my heart, and my heart is never to offend or to um, hurt anyone, but I do hope that um, we were able to have a really good uh, conversation. And so um, I appreciate um, everyone who recently um, replied or responded to um, a question that I had on my Facebook. And I know some of, of you know, my listeners here, you guys are not Facebook friends with me. 
Um, but on my Facebook, I asked a question um, about abortion um, when it comes to, you know, a guest preacher. And I, you know, asked, like, you find out a guest preacher that's coming to your church is pro-choice. He's not coming to your church to discuss politics at all. However, does his political beliefs stop you from hearing what he has to say from the Bible? Okay. And um, it was so great hearing people's um, response and their perspective on it when it comes to the issue of abortion. Um, most of the people that um, that I have on my Facebook um, are conservative evangelicals. And so many of them had this kind of similar responses. Um, most of the responses were something of, of the um, case of, I don't believe it's a political issue, but it's a biblical one. So um, because they have that belief, you know, that would stop them from listening to what um, someone has to say about the Bible. And so um, I find, um, so we have most people that had that belief. Um, you had a lot of other people, man, when I had this, not a lot, but you do have some as well. It's a little bit of a, of a minority in this perspective, but they said, no, nah, they would listen to see what that person has to say. Um, and they may be wrong in one area or another, um, but they will still um, listen to them because they feel like they won't learn anything new if we refuse to listen to people that you disagree with. So I'm, I've seen there was a few people like that. So I'm going to ask and pose that question to you guys, okay, um, that are listening. Um, you find out that a guest preacher is coming to your to uh, your church and that he's pro-choice. He's not coming to your church to discuss politics at all. However, does his political belief stop you from hearing what he has to say from the Bible? Now, if you want, I want to hear what you guys have to say. And so what you can do is you can go on to Anchor on uh, the Anchor app. Find the Weird Pastors Kid podcast. You can actually leave a voice note and your voice note could very well be in the very next episode. Also, you can um, we have a Facebook group um, for the Weird Pastors Kid podcast where you can share um, your answer uh, to that question there as well. Um, and we can um, kind of discuss um, uh, greater things in more detail um, as well. And not just about that abortion, but other things that you may want to discuss on um, the Weird Pastors Kid Facebook group. Um, I'd love to have you on there as well. Um, so um, so that's great. And it's one of anything else I'm missing. I think that's pretty much all that I wanted to discuss with you, um, with you guys uh, today. Um, but definitely thank you guys so much for continually listening to the podcast. And I do hope you guys have yourself a wonderful rest of your week.